Good morning, Covenant. This morning finds Covenant in between sermon series. Because of this, we are grateful to take the opportunity this day to consider Earth Day, an event celebrated on April 22nd. First celebrated in 1970, Earth Day focuses on environmental issues the world faces. Various events are held annually on Earth Day around the globe to show support for protecting the environment. Now more than one billion people and an estimated 192 countries participate in Earth Day activities. People come together this weekend to celebrate the planet and to take action to protect it, perhaps Some of you have engaged in some sort of an Earth Day activity during the past couple of days. I am aware in a church like Covenant with the diversity we have and enjoy that there is likely a variety of opinions about something like Earth Day. Friends, it is good for us to move toward this together today and to reflect and to wrestle and to think theologically together. A hope is not to induce guilt, but rather to inspire reflection. How do we think Christianly about the environment? And should we even be spending time this morning to consider our great planet Earth? Despite the fact that this topic is used by the right and left sides of our American political system, there is much that Christian theology has to say about the topic of creation care, which is where I would like to direct our attention to now. Genesis is our theological starting point. The beginning of the Hebrew and Christian Bible simply states, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis is concerned with origins. It is the prologue to the historical drama that will unfold in the 65 books that follow, and it is the prologue to God's story that continues to unfold in every generation to follow. Let's turn now to the creation story as God prepares to create the pinnacle of God's creation, humanity. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures of every kind, cattle and creeping thing and wild animals of the earth of every kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals of the earth of every kind and the cattle of every kind and everything that creeps upon the ground of every kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. 
God said, see, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is upon the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the air and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Oh God, you have done and are continuing to do marvelous things. Thank you for your creativity and your love. Speak to us now words of life for the sake of your world, we pray. And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may it all be pleasing and acceptable, we pray as well. Amen. God sets about creating. And then in the end, he steps back and he looks at all that he has made with satisfaction and with great delight and says, this is so very good. God is love and God loves us. And we know of God's love for us first and foremost because he made us. The teaching that explains this is the doctrine of creation. We learn at the very beginning of God's story that this story is ultimately a story of relationship and covenant partnership between God and humanity. What does it mean when we hear those words that we are created in the image of God? What does it mean to be created in God's image? I want to make sure that you are aware our children's choirs are offering to us a musical exploration in the weeks ahead, beginning this next Saturday night, the first one of them, uh, a musical exploration of what it means to be created in God's image. In what sense and in what ways are we like God? The image of God in human beings includes the gifts of conscience, creativity, free will, Moral nature, moral abilities, reason, rationale, self-awareness, self-control. Being able, in the image of God, it means we have the ability to think and to feel, the ability to be in relationship with God and with others, the ability to problem solve and to make decisions. Humans are created with a special status, the task of being divine image bearers. To be human is to bear the image of God. There is something about us, something in the very depth of our being that mirrors something about God to the rest of creation. Only humans are created in the divine image. Nothing else in all creation is described this way, which should influence three areas of our lives. First, the way we see ourselves. Second, the way we see others and interact with others. And third, it means that we have special responsibility and special accountability to care for God's 
world. We are to have an abiding sense and concern about God's creation. For we have been given dominion. Now, dominion is a grand freedom word. Humanity is created to rule, but that does not mean that we rule over creation with harshness or for selfish reasons. Dominion can be misunderstood to mean that we can adopt any kind of thinking we want to adopt to domineer another part of creation. That's not what it's saying at all. Dominion is all about loving stewardship. We are given the freedom to steward the world, the earth, with compassion. The world is a place that needs keeping. Humans are given the responsibility and the privilege for this work. Humans created by God, commissioned by God, are to be stewards of God's good creation. So what does it mean to be a steward? Earlier in life, especially in my young adult years, most especially when I was doing a lot of youth ministry, I was frequently asked to house it. Sometimes this meant just caring for a, a house and a yard. More frequently, frequently it meant also caring for children and animals with the great hope that the kids and the pets would still be healthy and alive when the owners returned back to their house. I would move in and have a run of the place. I would enjoy a lovely home with a well-stocked furniture. I would sit in their chair, sleep in their bed, watch their TV, and swim in their pool, and enjoy all that their home had to offer. Sometimes I would have a few friends over to and share, enjoy and share those good gifts as well. Yet, always keeping in mind that I was caring for and enjoying something that belonged to someone else. And also having a real sense of the weight of responsibility. I remember an emphatic note that I had waiting for me when I walked into a house one time from then eight-year-old Heather there at the kitchen table, wishing me well that I would have fun in the home while they were in Hawaii, but then she went, and went on to say, please do not let Boo, Boo was their new neurotic cat, please do not let Boo die, with about eight exclamation marks <laughs> after that. I was particularly attentive to Boo that week. In biblical terms, I was being a steward. Stewards are people who live in a place that they do not own, making full use of it, but also keeping in mind that they are caring for things that belong to someone else. God made a most beautiful world, didn't he? Teeming with wonder and with life. But then God entrusts humans created in the very image of God to care for his world. It's a position of great responsibility, we just have to remember always that we are caring for things that belong to someone else. A fundamental principle of biblical stewardship is this. It all belongs to God. The psalmist begins, Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it, the world and those who live in it, for he founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. 
It all belongs to God. It's easy to forget, isn't it? We have titles to our cars, deeds to our homes, security systems for our private property. It feels like it belongs to us. But it doesn't really, not ultimately. Rather, we are stewards, chosen for this job by God, but we are not always doing a really good job of it. Analyzing our culture, we see easily that we are consumerist and wasteful. Americans represent 5% of the world's population, yet we are consuming 30% of the world's resources. We produce 30% of the world's waste. Our houses have gotten larger. The average home has doubled in size since 1970, which likely means that we are acquiring more to fill those bigger homes. So what do we do? As people of faith, we accept the responsibility that God has given to us to be stewards of creation. We begin to arise from our sleepy state and take stock of how we live our lives. We start with ourselves first. There is any number of things we can do. The question is, will we actually have the will to do them? After all, almost any change means that we will need to alter our comfortable lifestyle. It comes with a cost, but are we willing to try? In the final years of his life, the highly influential rector in London, John Stott, grew concerned about what he called selective discipleship among his contemporaries, choosing those areas in which commitment suits us and staying away from those areas in which it will be costly is how he described it. So at the age of 88, six years ago, he penned his final work, focusing on eight areas that Christians often neglect as a way of avoiding costly or radical discipleship. The areas he focused on include nonconformity, Christ-likeness, maturity, simplicity, balance, dependence, and death, and yes, finally, creation care. It's one of the ways John Stott sees, felt like Christians were not living up to their calling. All of us, all of us, are prone to the kind of selective discipleship Stott is concerned about. We are fundamentally selfish. We want what we want, and we are greatly motivated by convenience and ease. Following Jesus asks something of us. We can't pick and choose what is agreeable and stay away from what is costly as much as we want to do that very thing. Stott urges us to avoid the twin errors of either deifying the creation, the earth, or exploiting it. Rather, we are called to cooperate with God to conserve the good creation and develop its resources for the common good as a way to care for neighbors. I wonder how we might encourage one another in this task. 
It has been really good for me this past week to really personally think about the whole idea of being a good steward and caring for the creation. For me, I am going to start with reducing waste. I learned this week that nearly one-third of our household garbage comes from packaging. I'm pretty sure that statistic rings true for my household. Buying in bulk can reduce packaging, as does buying less and choosing reusable options. I want to start being attentive to this. I also, this week, am going to do the work, find the time to somehow get off of some mailing lists and to reduce the junk mail that I am receiving, most especially the mountain of catalogs that all of a sudden are newly coming to me that I did not ask for and do not want. That habitually all I do with them is walk them directly from my mailbox to my recycle bin. Our job, friends, is to pay better attention and to try to make a difference. Are we willing to give up what we want for the sake of others' creation and our creator? But more important than any list of do's and don'ts is Stott's sense that creation care is essential to discipleship. However rarely this is acknowledged in the modern American religious landscape. Poet and farmer Wendell Berry says that the question is not how to save the planet, but how to care for each of the planet's millions of human and natural neighborhoods. How to care for each of the planet's millions of human and natural neighborhoods. The care of creation, it's our job. We who are created in the image of God called to be God's stewards. We are living in a place that is not our own, making full use of it, but always keeping in mind that we are caring for things that belong to someone else. We care for this good world, see beauty in it, and we recognize God's glory expressed in it, and we grieve when it is abused and damaged. Can we make a difference? I believe we can. We can't take care of the whole of God's creation, but we can take care of what is right in front of us. We can change one thing at a time. There is much we can do. Picking up trash, planting a tree, reducing the amount of water we use. It is all a way to say thank you to our creator. I hope you will join us this Wednesday night here in this very room at 630 as we further explore creation care and the key role our faith plays in shaping our attitudes and our actions on this important topic. Those who will gather will participate in a video conversation with Catherine Hayhoe, an atmospheric climate change scientist. Hayhoe has been called the best communicator on climate change. Time Magazine listed her among the 100 most influential people in 2014. She is an associate professor at Texas Tech, where she is the director of the Climate Science Center. Center. And Catherine is a Christ follower. It's an amazing opportunity to continue to consider what it means to steward God's world. 
today and every day. We get to decide what we will do with our little corner of the world. Not out of despair or fear or guilt, but out of gratitude. We steward the world with hope. We steward the world with joy. Friends, the world and all that is in it, it has significance, enormous significance and value. Today, we remember and acknowledge who it is who owns this planet that we call home. And might we wonder together as well, how can we better steward and care for all that has been entrusted to our care by God? Would you pray with me? Oh, Creator God, you have entrusted to us a place of beauty and abundance. Help us to be better stewards beginning today of your world as a way to demonstrate our gratitude for your love and for the gift of your creation to us. God, create in us such a sense of wonder and delight, I pray, for all of your gifts that we might receive them with gratitude, care for them with love, and share them generously with all creation. To the honor and glory of your holy name, this we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.